The Energy Talk. Hello and welcome to the Energy Talk podcast. My name is Olubumi Olajide and thank you so much for joining us again this week. Today we have a very special episode because we have not one but two guests. This is episode four on our series on renewables in Africa. And our guests for today are Femi Adeyemo, who is the founder and CEO of Arnegy, and Chuks Umezlora, who is the co-founder and chief operating officer of Oxana Solar. So combined, both companies have raised $10.5 million in funding so far. Although the founders have very different backgrounds, something that they do have in common other than both being Nigerians is that they've both been invested in by All On, which is an impact investing firm based in Lagos, Nigeria. And we actually had the privilege to have the CEO of All On, Dr. Weber on the podcast two weeks ago. So I highly recommend you check that out. We talk about building a clean tech ecosystem on the African continent. And these two companies are very much part of that ecosystem. On this episode, we're first going to be hearing from Femi. So Femi first got his professional career started in the telecommunication sector, where he worked with different companies and later as a consultant traveling to countries in Europe, South America, the Caribbean and the Middle East. And after he had done his travels, he later came back to Nigeria to start Energy. In 2019, Energy raised $9 million in Series A funding led by Breakthrough Energy Ventures, which was funded by Bill Gates, and also the NOR Fund, the Electrification Financing Initiative, and of course, All On. Femi talks first about what it was like first coming into the space and breaking down a lot of the barriers and initial myths that came with working in the solar industry and later he goes on to tell us about the projects that have solidified his belief in the renewable energy sector and the projects that have had the most impact on him so we're going to hear from Femi first and I hope you learned something from this coming conversation and enjoy so we're able to to demystify the the myth then that solar doesn't work by I mean, going all out there, deploying systems that are completely off-bridge, people that do not live in the city, and then having media coverage that uh, was on the national televisions and uh, people were saying that indeed, people that are not living in Lagos or Abuja were able to enjoy 24 hours electricity off solar. Yeah, so I think all of those, all of those helped. And we also then started a leasing program, which was more or less us saying that the risk is on us. We were happy to put our solar assets on customers' roof and uh, they would pay us over 36 months. So what people were used to was uh, systems deployed by freelancers that, I mean, we had instances of some customers running to us to come help them fix systems that they deployed or they acquired six months prior, but are no longer functional. So the fact that we were able to offer long-term leasing, all of those helped to, to, to resolve those obstacles. And I think on the finance side, yes, of course, I mean, it became clear to us that we might not be able to get the kind of uh, investment that we needed locally, which was what made us to look abroad and we were able to, to bring in capital. Of course, several other organizations in Nigeria, and I'm talking of Nigerian-funded organization, on the back of what we were able to do, we were able to use our success story as a case study to be able to convince other investors to give them equity or death in their in their organization. 
for the organization. That's actually really excellent to hear. And I know that this this story is still adapting. So, so far, I think I have two final questions to go here. What projects from energy has really uh, impacted you the most and really reinforced the mission? So I think I will mention three projects. The first project was uh, a project we deployed in, uh, in Oweri. I mean, this was for, I believe, 150 rooms, student hostels. So it's a private student hostels for the students of University of Oweri. Sorry, Federal University of Technology Oweri and Federal Polytechnic Nekede. Our solar solution, we deployed it, 154-room hostels with a gym, with library, with a restaurant, and, and a cafe. So that was a landmark project for us. We deployed that in 2017, and the fact that students were able to have access to uninterrupted electricity, to be able to study when they want, not not constrained to when the national grid provide them electricity. That was a very big one for us. The second was a project that we deployed in partnership with General Electric, Healthcare, and Shell. So an hospital in Oloibiri, the town where Nigeria discovered oil, was was adopted by and GE Healthcare was was the contractor that was responsible for the whole the whole transformation. So it was an old community township hospital, but it was rebuilt and then given that the community might not be able to afford the ongoing operating expenses to fuel, I mean, the, the generator with diesel. It was decided that they will power it with solar. They were meant to fly in equipment from, from outside Nigeria, but the cost was prohibitive. And during one of the meetings, someone just uh, asked a question that isn't there in a, a Nigerian company that could do such project? Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't think they could find until someone mentioned maybe they should try the energy guys. And uh, I mean, the rest is history. After that project in 2017, we've gone ahead to do, I mean, several projects. And that was because, I mean, we were able to deploy the first one successfully. The third will be... I had mentioned as why the company was funded, the Eureka Moment, which was us powering telecom. You realize that all of what I've mentioned, I've not mentioned telecom, but mm-hmm. I think what happened last year globally, which was COVID, more or less reminded us what our first love is, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then we were able to also bring in, develop new products, specifically for the telecom sectors. And we are excited at where we are now because we are now in a position where instead of the telecom or the tower infrastructure companies or even the MNOs importing products from wherever, they are able to walk into energy's offices, sign a partnership, and instead of them, especially for the for the for the telecom towers in rural uh, Nigeria or Peri-Urban, we are now able to power such telecom towers completely off-grid without generators. So that is something we're very, very excited about. And and we believe that with such opportunity, the future is bright, not only for the company, but for the opportunity that will be creating for young Nigerians. 
that is that is really fantastic to hear and i wish you could dive deeper into that but i have to go to the last question it's very good you brought up the example of the universities and young nigerians because as the renewable energy industry grows it's, it's going to attract a lot of talent and create a lot more jobs so what advice do you have for young people looking to enter the renewable energy space and what skills do you think are most relevant for them to be looking to build right now scale that is most relevant number one grit 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 and grit because it's it's not going to be easy entrepreneurship it's not it's not easy but with enough grit the opportunity is huge of course for young nigerians to get into the sector i would say that it might be a good idea if such young nigerian is just getting out of university maybe gets a paid employment However, short, I mean, and I'm talking of the period of time, maybe even it's one year, two years, just to understand it. I mean, from a project developer point of view, or maybe an ecosystem enabler, because that will give uh, room to be able to understudy. And then, of course, technical skills cannot be cannot be overstated, right? So the technical skills on uh, PV deployment, PV stringing, battery. Nowadays, is no longer conversations around lead acid battery, lithium ion batteries, and beyond that, some of the competitive advantage that we have as a company is we are not a trader. We don't just buy and sell. We had values. So we have software engineers. We have even hardware engineers power engineers that uh, add values to whatever we bring in, the ones that we cannot manufacture locally, we bring in, but we add values. So those are the different value chain, right, that I see young Nigerians being able to to tap into, into the space. Because visualization, remote monitoring is very critical nowadays, right? So, I mean, and those are other parts of the value chain that young Nigerians can tap into. As an organization like ours and maybe the top, the other two, top three in the country, they're deploying across the country. There are even expansions outside Nigeria now into Anglophone, African, and even Francophone. So even developing capacity to be able to do operational maintenance, developing capacity to be able to set up installation company that can install at the highest level of professionalism, those are opportunities that are still that are still untapped in the in the sector. Now we're going to be hearing from Chooks, who again is the co-founder and chief operating officer of Oxana Solar. In 2020, Oxana Solar raised 1.5 million in seed funding, which was led by All On. And as you are going to hear, Chooks had a very unique start to the renewable energy industry. So my name is Chooks Mizlora. I studied in industrial chemistry from Mimo State University here in Nigeria. You know, my uh, venturing into entrepreneurial, the solar space, it was uh, mostly accidental, I would say. You know, I mean, like, you know, most young people that left school, I mean, trying to see where I can find a job and all that. So, you know, so when I came to Lagos and did a couple of bank interviews and wasn't getting anyone, so I decided to start looking at the informal sector. You know, so I started... Uh, going out to the market where they sell mostly building materials, you know, so I started acting as site supervisors for some people that I know from the East, you know, so when they building, I acted as site supervisors, you know, so one day I was sent to pick up a building plan from one architect, you know, somewhere in a mother field, you know, so I stumbled in, I saw some Chinese talking about solar, 
So I was interested. So I said to him, I said, so, sorry, sir. I mean, if you don't mind, can I stay, you know, for the training? He said, sure, no problem. You know, so that was how I started. So I stayed for day one. So they said, I'm going to have the second day. I told him, please, if you don't mind, can I come back the next day? He said, no problem. So after he this training, you know, I had a deep interest, you know. So I approached him. I said, please, you know, that I would like to work with him. You know, he told me that as I, as I can see that he's just starting. I mean, that um, he cannot take the burden of employing people. So I told him, okay, it's just a financial burden that, you know, I wouldn't mind working for free, you know, so at least it would give me the portion to be able to listen to that. You know, he says, okay, if I'm working for free, I mean, that, that is, you know, that he cannot turn that down, of course. You know, so that was how I started, you know. So, you know, so what I did is just, I told him, okay, that um, I'm going to be taking Tuesdays and Thursdays off, you know, to also do some other side hustles, you know what I mean? You know, because I was still supplying building materials and all that, so, so that I can you know, make some money. So, but anytime we have a project, you know, I tell them, okay, let them feel free. Anytime we have something serious, you know, let, let, let me know I can come in every day. You know, so, but that was how it continued. You know, so I worked with them for two years, two years, a little above two years. After that time, then, you know, I told them, I think that, you know, that I've tried here, I've, you know, you know, giving them some value and I've also learned, you know, that I think it's time now I start on my own. You know, so he said me, okay, fine. You know, so he wished me well. So that was how I ventured. So I was able to rent a small office in Alabama International Market. You know, Alabama International Market is a wholesale market where they sell solar components in Nigeria. It's somewhere in our job. You know, so I had that, you know, small shop there. I had a small television, small table and desk. You know, so how I, how I entered was, you know, because basically the two years I worked with the company Sky Resources, I was working with the installation team. You know, so I know a bit about installation. You know, so what I did is, so when I opened that office, it was more like a consultant, more like what people call like a consultant of today. You know, so I met the big guys who are the importers. You know, so I told them, okay, okay, see, you know, so I'm an engineer. I can design solar system. I can install solar system. So if you have any requests, please just call me. My shop is close by. You just up there. You know, so that was how it started. So... When they have working customers come and ask for solar systems, you know, asking questions, they will quickly call me. They say, engineer, come, come, come. You know, so I'll rush down there. So I explain to them, I'll do the design. So they will sell the components to them. Then I will charge the client for the installation. I mean, you know, it was something, it was something very small then. I mean, 5,000, 10,000, 15,000. You know, if it's a very large system, I can charge as high as 50,000. So well, that was how it started. So what started happening is that, you know, so my reputation started growing in the market, you know, I mean, so people are calling me a bit more often, so from getting small jobs, you know, so they're calling me for big jobs, you know, so what happened, you know, was this, and it's typical in any service business like ours, so many of the customers, you know, after I install for them, if they need something the next time, they don't call the importer anymore, you know, so now they call me. You know, so I now migrated from, okay, not just doing installation now, so I also supply the components. You know, so even though I still buy from the same importers in the market, so, but I started also making, you know, a little more margin on the sale of the components. So that was how it started. So as I saved little money, I also started importing a few things. I started with LED bulbs, you know, because, you know, um, the capital requirement wasn't so much, you know, so... That was how I started and my reputation started growing. I think until it was in 2013, 2014 that I got, you know, the first big break. You know, I 
got a call, you know, from someone saying that some people are looking for someone who can install solar street lights, you know, for the assembly plants. So it turned out um, Stallion bought over Volkswagen, so they were revamping the place. So they have massive fields where they were parking the cars, so they needed um, solar street light installed, you know. So, you know, I went, I told them I can do it, so I was invited for the bid. So I went to the office in VI, you know, had a long chat with them and all that. And, you know, so I got I got the job, you know. So, but the other thing was I didn't have enough reputation to handle a project of that size, you know, because, I mean, it was it was, it was, it was huge then. I mean, a, a little above 15 million, you know. So they needed me to give him a bank guarantee, you know, to show that I can deliver, you know. So it wasn't easy, but after a while, I was able to get that from selling bank. You know, so I did that job successfully and got paid. Yeah, so that was basically how it started. That was basically how I started. So that capital was also how we started Solar from. So I think it was in um, 2014 we formally registered Oxano Solar, and then in 2016 was when we started. You know, the assembling. You know, the thought started in 2014. So the thought for assembling first came. You know, so like I told you, you know, I started as from the informal market Alaba International. So the first major issue I started having with the market was because they are traders, you know, so for them just to make sale. So I started having the issue of quality of the components. You know, so I started having that issue. You know, and this was beginning to affect my work. So what I started doing, I started asking, okay, so how can I be sure of the quality of what I'm offering to these um, clients I'm servicing? Because mine is not just to sell and go. I mean, six months after, one year after, some people even five years after, they're still calling you, you know. So, I mean, so it's be- I found that it's better for me to just do a good job the first time and reduce the call-out time, you know. So that was how the idea started. Because when we started facing quality issues with batteries, I was trying to find a way to manage that. I was having quality issues with inverters, trying to find a way to manage that. When I had quality issues with solar panels, I said, no, 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 no. I mean, that this is just going to kill the whole sector, you know. So... Mm-hmm. I spoke with my brother, Uche, so I told him, I said that I'm thinking that maybe why not we um, invest into maybe um, testing, buying testing equipment, you know, for solar models. That was the first idea that we had. So when I checked out the testing equipment, you know, um, it was slightly expensive, but then very bulky. So because of the size, we just said, okay, instead of just buying testing equipment for solar models, I mean, why not just maybe take it a step further, you know, and start solar panel assembly. You know, so that was basically how we started Oxygen Solar. Mm. This this is actually like a pure entrepreneurship story, and that's actually really excellent to hear. It's it's, it's actually very fascinating because you you had to learn a lot of different skills as you as you scaled up. So was that particularly challenging, and how did you go about it? Because I think this is going to be very interesting for people who are maybe in similar situations right now as well. Okay, yeah, you know, of course, you know, entrepreneur is very challenging. Entrepreneur is very challenging. You know, there is no, there is no need to, I mean, to sugarcoat it. You know, I mean, because most times um, when you listen to inspiration people, you know, talk, you know, I mean, sometimes they tell her, but it's very challenging. But what I tell people is this, you need to enter it. I mean, it's just like, you know, the general that took some people to battle and he burned to the bridge, you know, so he told him, he says, the only way we can go back is to win this war. Are you getting me? So I tell everybody, I say, if you want to win in Nigeria, you must make up your mind that it's either you win or you die here. You know, if you have a plan B, believe you me, it's not going to work because there's going to be so many obstacles thrown at you. 
I mean, you're going to finish something will take six months, it will take six years, you know, so there's going to be a lot thrown at you. So what I tell people is this, first of all, ask yourself, what do you have? You know, so for me, that time, what I had was I had time. I had plenty of time. So I started asking myself, okay, so what can I exchange for free time and get value in return for my time? You know, so that was how I started with installation. You know what I mean? Because I tell people this, I tell people this, I say, you know, with installation skills, with just a plier and a screwdriver, you can make money in any city in Nigeria. You know, yeah, even though I can, I will also, also accept that it's a bit more challenging today than it was for me 10 years ago, to be honest. You know, because that time weren't many of us doing it. You know, so I was kind of highly sought after. You know, so because I mean, let me even give you a very simple scenario. It got to a point in a lot of international market that, you know, people will get jobs, they will call me. I will say, ah, oh, they say my price is high. I mean, so I found that, you know, some other guys who were a bit less experienced came in and they were charging one third of what I was charging. You know, so, but you know what I also did? So after a while, I said, you know what? I'm going to, you know, um, you know, move up. You know, so what I did is this. So I moved out of the market. I got another office outside the market. You know, I said, okay, then my target market now has changed. You know, no longer the guys in the market. You know, so, you know, so one thing is to understand the market. Two is to also know, okay, who are your target market? You know, so, I mean, so today I still do installations. You know, so, but everybody's not my target market. Sometimes you're talking to me, you tell me, ah, you got to this price. I tell you, okay, sir, I'm not sure I'm your right guy. You know, so, but if you want this, you want this, talk to me. But if you want somebody at that price, then you can find them, but it's not me. Because you know what happens? I can understand because I was also in that position some time ago. I mean, there used to be time that I was charging five, ten thousand 10,000 to do an installation. I once charged 15,000 to install 10 kVA in a system. I mean, you know, so, but what I learned was that after a while, the money I spent in call-outs, I, get it. I ended up spending all the money I charged, you know, in call-out, you know, trying to resolve issues. You know, so what wow. happened is with experience, I now learned, okay, I need to price in this. I get it into my pricing from day one. You know, so you're calling me, I'm already thinking, okay, I mean, that this is like a two years contract. You're going to be calling me for two years. So I'm already pricing that into the cost I'm giving you. You know, so obviously I'm going to be a bit more expensive than someone who's who has little experience. You know, because for the person who's just looking at, okay, I need cable, I need this, I need that. You know, so that's another thing. Then, but the other good side is that the industry is growing. The industry has grown. You know, there are a, a lot more projects, solar projects happening, bigger projects, and then the confidence in the sector has also grown. You know, when we came in, you know, the initial question was solar, does it work? You know, does it work? I mean, but you hardly hear that anymore these days. You know, so so people say, okay, I want someone who will do a good solar job for me, who will do a quality installation for me. So you see, we've migrated from does it work to now they know, okay, it works, but you have to find people that can do quality installations. You know, and the other thing is also to understand the industry end-to-end, for me, is also another good thing. You know, because I must say this, having played in different stratas of the industry has helped me a lot, a whole lot. You know, so I was a technician, I was a trader, you know, I was doing design, I, you know, I was an importer, and now, you know, the manufacturing side of the business. You know, so that helps me, that helps me juggle the ball. 
you know, that helps me juggle the ball. Sometimes, you know, this sector of the market is not doing so well. I just switch to the other sector. You know, because like I told you, the first thing is this, I make up my mind that I'm going to make money from this sector. You know, I tell people, I say, I mean, there may be a few of us that every dime we have will make from this sector. You know, from the one naira to the millions and even the billions we're going to make, you know, from this sector. You know, so, but a whole lot depends on understanding the whole sector. Someone told me this. He said, work for the industry, not for a company. You know, so I always have that at the back of my mind. You know, that I'm working for an industry, not for a company. And everything I do affects the industry. It's not just about Alexander Solar. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I had such a great time speaking with these two amazing founders of uh, renewable energy companies in Africa. And um, I want to say a huge thank you as well again to Dr. Webber from All On, who made the introductions to these two amazing men that I had the pleasure of speaking with today. And also, after this series ends, I'm very happy to take recommendations about any companies you feel is making a difference in the space or any investors who would like to get a message across to a much wider audience. Much later in this series, we're going to be speaking with somebody from the Shell Foundation, which is also going to be a very great conversation as well. So um, thank you once again. Look forward to seeing you next week. And I hope you have a lovely day. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to the Energy Talk podcast. You can find us on all podcast listening platforms. Just search for the Energy Talk. Send us an email to at energytalkpodcast at gmail.com.